This is a time of divine help coming to you from the Four Square Gospel Church in Nigeria. Ministering is God's choice servant, Reverend Sam Aboyeji, General Overseer. You shall surely be blessed. I say yes, oh yes, to your will and to your ways. I say yes, oh yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, oh yes. I say yes, I say yes, oh yes. Oh, to your will and to your ways. I say yes, oh yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, oh yes. Say yes, oh yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, oh yes. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, oh yes. We thank you for today. We give you praise for the privilege to hear your word once again. We ask, Lord, that you speak to our hearts through the help of your Holy Spirit. May we say yes in the name of Jesus. May we be diligent to obey your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you have heard our prayers. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. God bless you. Have your seats. We started last week by talking about the vision in the decade of Suari. We'll be talking about strategies for Suari. What are the clear called strategies? God wants us to prioritize his kingdom in everything that we do. We've been talking about decade of Suari, decade of Suari. You know, because of the kind of consumer-oriented you know, environment that we have found ourselves. Most of the time, the first thing we think of is what is my own. But when you start reversing that and you start thinking of what concerns the kingdom, you will see what will happen. You won't need to struggle. You won't need to struggle. They will come naturally. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. A lot of time we are, we are spending our time pursuing the addition. The real thing we have left them undone. That's why God has brought our way the decade of swearing. And by the special grace of God, we're going to pursue it. And as we pursue it, God will ensure that we swear in every area of life. Did you hear what I've just said now? You will soar in every area of life. You will soar in every department of life. As you pursue the decade of swearing, which is prioritizing the kingdom, God will prioritize your matter. Strategy is in the hand of God. God is the only one that knows the way. 
And he will only show you the way when you prioritize his own. Like a man of God says, I say he's a pastor. He said, God doesn't waste his resources. If he knows that if he, if he hands it over to you, you will mess it up. He will quickly, quietly collect it. The labor of the foolish weary every one of them because they don't know the way to the city. Knowing the way to the city is strategy. When a person discovers the way to the city, they will say he's, he's, he's a master strategist. I mean, is that not what they say? When he finds the way that leads to the city, they say he's a master strategist. But the real master strategist is God. And until you do his own, you can't arrive. So the first strategy that we are shown in Suari, you know, Suari has to do with the mandate we are given, the mandate according to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. One, to win souls. Two, to ensure that they are, they are discipled and they are engrafted in the church. So that is the two purpose of decade of Suari. And because God is the one that gave us that purpose, he also will be the one to give us the strategy to do it. And today we want to talk about, just, we'll talk about three of them in the main, just three. And I'm going to start with the strategy of prayer. Swearing through the power of prayer. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31, it was very clear. He said, but they that wait upon the law shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. But the whole thing started with waiting upon the Lord. That's what it means. When you wait upon the Lord, you acquire capacity, you acquire strength that is enough to carry things that are bigger than you. So prayer is the key. That is the first strategy. Prayer is the singular and most important instrument for swearing. He said, those that wait upon the Lord, some translations say, they shall swear like the eagles. To wait upon the Lord means to seek his face. To wait upon the Lord means to pray specifically to God. Not just prayer of give me this, give me that, give me this one, give me that. It's kingdom enlargement prayers. By the grace of God in first Christ, God has given us what to pray for. You know what? Pray that Jesus will save souls. Pray that Jesus will baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Pray that when Jesus comes, he will take as many people as possible with him. Pray that Jesus will heal the sick. That's where to start from. Don't just pray this, give me, give me, give me, give me prayer. My son, my uncle, my, my. Everything is my, 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 my. Pray kingdom-minded prayers. Because the only thing, like I said, the single most important instrument, the single most important strategy for swearing in life and ministry, for swearing in the work of God, for swearing in your own life, is prayer. That's how you can know the way. That's how you can know the way. That's why Jeremiah for that the Lord God we show us the way and the thing that we should do. You can't do everything. Are, are you listening to me? You are not designed to do everything. There is one thing you are supposed to do. If my wife had been a medical doctor, she would have been a bad one. She would have been killing people. You know, there are, there are doctors 
who are not where they are supposed to be. There are lawyers who are not where they're supposed to be. Charge and bail. After 20 years of practice, they are still there. Uh, the, the suit they wear is Mongopak suit. I pray you will not miss your way in the name of Jesus. The labor of the foolish will lead them because they don't know the way to the city. In every profession, there is a city. In every business, there is a city. In everything in life, there is a city. You can't afford to die in the village of your practice. You can't afford to die in the village of your business. You need to move to the city. And how do you move to the city? Number one instrument is prayer. Kingdom-oriented prayers. When you pray for the enlargement of the kingdom, God will enlarge your own kingdom. Kingdom-oriented prayer. We must pray that his kingdom should be done on earth. Jesus said in John 16, 24, until now you have asked nothing. In my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Even when Saul was going to be saved, do you know that it was Saul that prayed himself into the kingdom of God? Do you know that? Acts chapter 9 verse 11. He prayed himself into the kingdom of God. Arise and go into the street which is called Straits and inquire in the house of Judah for one soul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. It was Saul's prayer that attracted heaven's attention. And heaven had to send somebody to him that, look, it's not only prayer. When you pray sufficiently enough, helpers will be sent to you. What you didn't know, that's why Jeremiah 3 verse 3 said, call unto me and I will answer you. What is the evidence of the answer? I will show you great and mighty things that you are ignorant of. It will show you. It will end with prayer. The answer to the prayer will be that you'll be shown the strategy. Who could have witnessed to Saul if not that God answered prayer from heaven? Even the man that God spoke to, he was too afraid to go. There are places that we cannot enter with the gospel unless with the power of prayer. So prayer is number one. Prayer is key. Even in your personal life, you need to do more of praying. He and Bounce, I've shared this story several times. He and Bounce, his father died at the age of four. It was only four when his father died. But he knew one thing. He knew how to pray. 4 to 7 a.m. every day, he bounce is on his knees praying. And when he died, he had written 13 books, manuscripts. I was talking to somebody recently, and the person said, oh, I, I'm just having these books to write. It's quite elderly. I said, daddy, keep writing. Keep writing. He said, um, I want to wind up. I said, don't wind up. Keep writing. Even if it's not published now in your lifetime, it will be published after you are left. So I shared the story of Ian Bounce. Ian Bounce prayed 4 to 7 a.m. every day. Or 3 to 7 a.m. every day. And when he had died, out of 13 books, only two were published. After his death, they begin to look for his manuscripts to publish. So today, when you see Ian Bounce books all over the place, he was only speaking to us about prayer from the grave. Because a man of prayer doesn't die. A man who seeks God does not die. They keep living. They left, their, they left their mark on planet Earth. I pray for you. May you be awakened to a new life of prayer. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to swear, you must pray. You must pray. In James chapter 4 verse 2b, he say, yet you have not because you ask not. God is challenging us. Say, well, why, are you, why are you complaining? The only reason you don't have is because you did not ask. Number one thing that prayer will do in connection with the decade of swearing is that every appalling of the spirit historically is preceded by intense prayers. Go and look at your Bible. Even Jesus warned them in Luke chapter 24 verse 49. He said, tarry you here in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father from an eye. And they obeyed that injunction. They waited. They were praying. If they had not obeyed praying, they would not get the Holy Spirit. That's why I keep saying the key to all these things is obedience. They waited there. They were praying. He said, and behold, I send a promise from my father, Luke 24, 49, upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You must tarry. You must pray. You must make it a habit to continue to tarry and to pray. You know, I, I, I always challenge believers. I say today, there's so much busyness around us. We don't have time to go and seek the face of God again. I remember as a teenager, every last weekend of the month, I must go somewhere to seek the face of God. Even as a teenager, in, in Form 2, my senior will be the one to help me arrange for my food. You know, in Form 2, I can't tell them in dining that I'm fire fasting. They will ask me, who send you? There will be no food for me. So he will go there and use his own uh, position to collect food for me. He says, Sam, every weekend is fasting. He's waiting upon God. We must wait. We must pray if we must make a headway in this thing that we have been called to do. And each time prayers are made, another thing that happens is that barrier to the you know to decade of swearing are broken. Barriers to the preaching of the gospel are broken. You can, you can be sure that when you are doing things that relate to snatching people from the kingdom of darkness, there will be barriers. There will be obstacles. And those obstacles, they are not meant for you to fight with physical strength. Because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So every barrier of destruction, every barrier that is trying to militate against the spreading of the gospel, against swearing, they will all be removed in the place of prayer. You know, Jesus himself was about to be obstructed while he was, he was set at preaching. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35 and 37, you can see what happened there. In verse 35, the, Jesus, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he departed, but to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He went somewhere to pray, and in verse 37, look at it. And when they had found him, while he was praying, they were looking for him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men are seeking for you. Too busy. Too busy. As some people are coming, some people are going out, some people are coming, some people are, all men are looking for you. And he said unto them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. Did you see him respond to that request? He ignored it. Because as far as he was concerned, he has gotten a template from where he went to pray. <laughs> he didn't attend to it. In fact, he, he was silent 
as far as that request was concerned because he knew what was God's priority. Until we begin to pursue God's priority, we, will, we are just going to be going around and around in circle. He said, I must go to the next town to preach there also. Thank God for those who are looking for me. I think they can continue to look for me. But for now, God's agenda, God's program is that I should go to the next town to preach. Do you know what would have happened if it were today? Oh, since all men are looking for me, I think this is the place to stay. I think, I think we are comfortable here now. We are comfortable here now. Men are bringing in. He left the crowd and began to go to a place where, there is, where people are not ready. And he was going to go there to preach. I pray that the Lord will help us to go to God's priority. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So each time we pray, not only do we see a situation where there's an outpouring, an infilling of the Holy Spirit, we also see that barriers are broken. Sometimes when we have obstacles on our way, what God is saying is that go and pray. Go and pray. But sometimes when we find obstacles on our way, we chicken out and we go back. What God is saying, pray a little more and the obstacle will give way. As we pray, we will have wings to soar. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray, miracles happen. When we pray before we go out, miracles happen. When we make prayer a lifestyle, miracle happens even in our lives. Look at it. James and Peter. They killed James. They will have killed Peter. Acts chapter 12 verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made continually unto God of the church for him. It was the prayer of the church that delivered Peter. Peter will have gone the way of James. There are so many you know, God-ordained projects, so many God-ordained programs, so many God-ordained assignments in our lives that the devil has succeeded in killing because we didn't pray. Because we didn't pray. Do you know that Peter will have been killed? If the church didn't pray, he would have been killed. So many things, no wonder the songwriter said, Oh, what peace we have for it. Oh, what needless space we bear. All because we did not carry everything to God in prayer. The place of prayer is the place of victory. The place of prayer is the place of breakthrough. The place of prayer is the place of soaring. Until you pray, don't talk about soaring. Because only the people that wait upon the law shall renew their strength and will mount up with wings as eagles. Beloved, let me take the second point. The second point talks about coordinated and intentional evangelism. That's soaring through spreading out. Spreading out, that's the mandate of the church. We are not expected to stay in one place. We are expected to spread out. So under that spreading out, we have coordinated and intentional evangelism. Do you know that within 100 years of Pentecost Day, theology took the place of soul winning. All that they were doing were arguing about what dress to wear. About whether, whether, whether uh, the Red Sea actually parted. Whether Jordan actually gave way. That was what they were doing in the first century. And before they knew it, the Dark Ages came by the fourth century. And there was no more anything like God. That's why I said the generation that came, Judges chapter 2 verse 10, knew not God, nor the thing that he did for Israel. It was the dark ages until the 18th century when God raised John Wesley. And he came with that message. And with that message, he came with mass evangelism and crusades. 
And crusades and mass evangelism continued until this last century. You can't believe it. There was nothing like personal evangelism until this last century. It was this last century that personal evangelism started. All of, all of us were used to his mass crusade. Even people like us were saved in a mass crusade. But you know, God's program for this time is actually tied to personal evangelism. God expects us to use not just personal evangelism, so many things we can use. Social gospel, medical, thank God for Yaba Church. We are active in most of those areas. Even the media, the social media, we're using it to preach the gospel. God expects us to use everything available. I used to tell people, I said, listen, listen, listen. If God didn't want us to think, when we gave our life to Christ, it's very simple. He would have removed our brain. He would just remove our brain. So, when, when you refuse to think, you are disappointing God. What should happen to your brain is that your brain should become sanctified. Your brain should be able to tell you what you should do. Praying, the Holy Spirit, he said, and the Spirit witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When we decide to, to, to take intentional steps, back door with prayer, Heaven will be opened over our head in the name of Jesus Christ. Contemporary and targeted church planting. I'm still talking about spreading out. It increases visibility. That's why God has given us the mandate of planting churches. And we are rolling out different brand of churches. Language churches. We are rolling out. Very soon we're going to roll out international church. Where we have expatriates to worship. We have rolled out language churches. There are also churches in Lagos area, outside Lagos, in Wari, they just planted one outside church. We are rolling out riverine churches. Because in those riverine areas, there are no churches there. There are no churches there. Nobody is willing to go there. It's expensive. Even to buy fuel inside your boat alone, you know how much you will spend. Because there are no filling stations in those places. So when you are complaining that they remove subsidy, in that place, they don't even know what is subsidy. They pay the reprise. Even more than the reprise. Reverend churches were planning to plant grand assembly as you heard. Because we discovered that that is what we appeal to young people. There's no young person who wants to go to a church where they have just laid foundation. And they are collecting canopy every week. And uh, they use bench to sit. And they are collecting building offering every week under canopy. Nobody, I mean, just be, just be sincere with ourselves. At this age and time, every Grand Assembly Church, the first thing we try to do, we try to erect a Macoon tent. You know, a Macoon tent is typical of a house. We erect a Macoon tent. You will not even know that they don't have a building. Because that is what the time we are in calls for. We cannot be hiding under being led by the Spirit and not use our brain. And the Lord will support us in Jesus' name. The labor of the foolish will hear every one of them because they don't know the way to the city. You must know the strategy as delivered by the Holy Spirit. I was also part of those who used to plant churches where they clap hands. I used to be part of them. We put a big signboard in front of one room that can only take 15 people. We say, first go gospel church. The signboard is bigger than the side of the room. The world has passed that stage. The world has moved 
and we have sanctified common sense which we need to apply. And as we apply it, you will see the harvest. You will see the harvest in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me move on very quickly. You know, we have riches, we have grand assembly. Then, so hurry through commitment. So hurry through personal commitment. When it comes to commitment, it has to be personal, please. Commitment has to be personal. There is nothing like congregational commitment. In fact, there are some level of commitment. It cannot be a couple commitment. Is somebody with me today? I've had it again and again. I don't know how far it is true. That if Abraham had told his wife that he was going to offer Isaac, there will be civil war in that house. There will be civil war. He didn't tell her. There are some level of commitment. It just has to be personal. Like my boy will cry. And you can't make come and poo-poo for me. Oh, you cannot make commitment for somebody. Some level of commitment. You can't make it. And I keep telling people in the church, and I will repeat it again today. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto Solomon again. And he said, I have heard your prayer. And I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. So many people mix it up. The house of God is a house of sacrifice. It's a house of sacrifice. So if somebody is thinking in his heart that the house of God is a house of collection, it is wrong. It's wrong. It's a house of sacrifice. You bring your sacrifice, I bring my own. You bring your own, I bring my own. And I've told people before, the, the bigger your sacrifice, the stronger your altar. The bigger your sacrifice, the stronger your altar. That's why some people's altar is a year altar. Because the level of sacrifice they brought is vegetable. Where others are bringing chicken. Some are bringing cow. You brought vegetable. The bigger your sacrifice, the stronger your altar. I love this scripture so much. He said, I have heard your prayer, but I have chosen this place for myself as a place of sacrifice. Until people make sacrifice, they don't get into the best of God. That's just the truth. It's the truth. So personal commitment, very important, personal commitment. The first commitment, I hope, you know, I, I, read, I read something, and the thing shocked me. The U.S., the U.S. Center for Missions, they said the church has 100 times of resources to evangelize the world. They said the resources inside the church, as of today, is 100 times what we need to evangelize the world. Then I start asking myself the question, where are the resources? They are in people's pockets. They are in people's pockets. They are with people. That's why we must emphasize this, that the house of God is a house of sacrifice. So when we make sacrifice, you know what will happen? We will be able to sacrifice our time, sacrifice our resources. We'll be able to do three things which are very important. Number one, we'll be able to invite others to come and enjoy what we are enjoying. It takes sacrifice to do that. You know, because time is money these days. Abby, very difficult to use time now. Very, very difficult to get time. 
But you can buy credit. You can send a message. You can go on social media. But you must do something to invite people. Do you know why? The reason is because research has shown that 83% of people who know Christ, who are established in the church, were invited on one-on-one. 83 I used to think that is the, is the dynamism and the eloquence of the pastor that invites people. No, no, no. Research shows that 83% of people who come to church who are established in the faith were invited one-on-one. I'm sure if you to think of how you came to Christ, you will discover that somebody was responsible. Even if you had come into church and they preach on the people and you give your life to Christ, somebody was responsible for following you up. When there is nobody to follow somebody up, that's when the person is straight away back. Somebody is responsible. If you are going to make personal commitment, make personal commitment for that, that you will be held accountable for somebody. You will make up your mind to follow up somebody. Make up your mind to invite somebody. You know, the man did research with 10,000 people. And discovered that 83% came because their friend, their neighbor, their relative, their colleagues invited them. And they followed them up. 83% out of 10,000. And then he said, only 4% came because of their need. He said, only 6% came because of their pastor. What must have happened? You see, those, those who came because of their need, he reduced to 4%. Because the moment they collect what they want, they disappear. But we are talking about those who not only came into church, but they are established in the church. 83% were brought by their friends, by their neighbor, and that, you know, also underscored the point that it must have been that those their friends, those their neighbors, are very good Christians. Do you get me what I'm saying? I think Pastor Kola made that point in the morning. They must be good Christians, because if you follow somebody to church, and you can see that the person is a thief, it's only they've not known in the church. After some time, you say, no, if, if this person, if the heaven is going... He's the one I want to go. I don't think I want to go to that level. Or the person is a fighter on the street. I told you before in those days, Baba Boy John will say, who lives on this street when we go for street meeting? If you raise your hand that you are from this street, say yes, you are the one to preach. They will give you a megaphone. Oh, yeah, preach. So that those who know you as a fighter, they will say, you too, they preach. Those who know you as a liar, they say, you too, they preach. Those who know you as a thief, they are... Even you, they preach. Why? He said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Today, because individually, we have not taken that responsibility. We've not making, made that personal commitment. A lot of people who came to church, they only came for need. Some came to deceive people. Some came to look for wife, even though they are not born again. Some came to look for husband, even though they are not born again. Until we emphasize person to person, before we will be able to get real disciples in the church. What the church lacks today is disciples. We have too many converts, but no disciples. To make disciples require each one of us make a personal commitment for it. You can't make disciples from the pulpit. You can't make disciples through this mass gathering. Disciples are made one-on-one. And I pray that the Lord will give us the grace 
that will not disappoint him in Jesus' name. Invite others. Number two, demonstrate commitment through service. It's still along the same line. Service, very important. In Luke 174, look at what he says. He said that he will grant unto us that we've been delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. The reason why you are saved is to serve. Serving in holiness and righteousness. Not any house service. Because if it's any house service, it's not acceptable. It's not every service that's acceptable. This service that is rendered in order because of what I want to get is not. My house is a house of sacrifice. Until we get that point, we will not enter God's abundance. This year is year of great abundance. But the root to abundance is the root of sacrifice. It's the root of sacrifice. So we must sacrifice service, time to serve. Nehemiah 218b. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. It's a good work. We must strengthen our hands. Every one of us, under the sound of my voice, must find something to do in the house of God. There shouldn't be any high do person in the house of God. Because there is more than enough to do. You must find something to do. Finally, your commitment must also be demonstrated through giving. I told you before, U.S. Center for Mission said, 100 times what is needed to make the gospel available is already in the church. 100 times. It didn't even say double. Say 100 times what the church needs to preach the gospel is available inside the church. So how do we get it out? And I said, I usually pity pastors who stand on the altar and begin to curse. I said, no, no, a lot of won't take me. No. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. God wants us to give and as we give, he will bless us in return. I say, as we give, God will bless us in return. You know, when Pastor Kala was talking in the morning, and he was telling us about those who don't pay tithe. I used to be in that group and ask me, how much is the tithe? 60 naira. Can you imagine? 60 naira. But to pay that 60 naira, now civil war. Civil war. So when my faith started rising on small, I entered a deal with God. I said, God, for this month, I'll put the sisinara on top of wardrobe. If by the end of this month, that's the following month, oh, if I don't need it, then I will pay. So I'm always paying one month in arrears. And you know what normally happened to me that made me to repent? There is nowhere we need it. Before the end of the month, I don't go there. I borrowed without interest. And I say I'm borrowing it. I say, with who did you negotiate the interest? Only you determine the time to pay, only you determine the interest rate. Is that how they do borrow in the bank? Then I used to go there. I'll go and borrow it. Until one day, God opened my eyes. He said, why are you punishing yourself? If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, don't put it on top of wardrobe again. So I stopped. I said, instead of putting it on top of wardrobe, I closed my eyes. I went to drop it. That month, the devil threatened me. He said, oh boy, hey, I pity you but do you know what? At the end of that month, I had surplus. 
So if 100% is not enough, be sure that it can never be enough. You better, it's by faith. That's why I say trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It takes trust to obey him. Because some of the things he will ask you to do, you too, you will look at yourself and say, ah, I'm not more than this, oh. God, you will, you will have mercy on me. You know what God did for me eventually? He told me because I was on that 6,000 naira for a long time. So one day the Lord was speaking to me. He said, oh boy, do you want to move? I said, yeah. Tell him, God, I've been waiting that all these 60 naira, even though I struggle to pay it, I want compensation for it. Then God said, increase it to 100 naira. I said, ah, ah, 60 naira, we struggle, we want 10 naira care. But I've learned that with obedience, with my 600 naira, if I remove 60 naira, I was getting surplus. So I obeyed. I started paying 100 naira. Before I knew it, I was even looking for another job. When my colleague called me and said, oh boy, don't go. This place, they want to review salary now. When they review my salary, my salary went to 1,000 naira. Then I say, God, I've, I've gotten the key now. I'm not going to pay 100 naira I have to move. I have to move. So I moved. And in those days, we used to pay 5% as mission offering. I was in Shomolu there. So we pay your tithe, pay mission offering. Today, there are so many people that God is blessing. You know why? Because they are committed to the Great Commission. I know somebody who told me, I normally use him as an example. He told me, he said, Pastor, he left our church in Wari for Abuja. The first time I went to visit him in Abuja, and I was with his pastor. After he left, the pastor said, this man, this man, you raised him to be a terrific giver. So he's a terrific giver. That was what his new pastor was telling me. He told me by himself, he said, pastor, you know what God has used to bless me? I entered into a pact with God. And I said, God, my salary died. But anything that comes outside, outside my normal pay, 50% of it is for mission. He said, and come and see extra jobs. Extra. Why would there not be extra? Because God knows that that one is going 50% to his business. The reason why many of us have not been blessed is because we have not prioritized God. So seek him first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all other things shall be added to you. As you see me here, if I begin to share testimony, we will not live here today. Testimonies. When I was coming to Lagos, some people knew the best of our cars that was very useful to us. I just called one of the missionaries in the field. I said, Congratulations. God said, You should carry this car away. <laughs> he looked at me. He said, Sir. He said, two men of God came to me in the river. You know, he was pastoring in the river. He's a missionary. They told me that I would get car this year. He said, Daddy, to be frank with you, when they left, I was using myself to laugh. I said, who would bring car to me inside this river? He said, but look at it. And I came to Lagos. You know, the moment I came to Lagos, you know, my first meeting in Neck, I gave you the testimony of a car that was given to me. And that car today, today, what that car is doing, all this going up and down, 
That guy is the one doing it. What am I telling you? You cannot trade with God and make loss. You cannot. You cannot. When he said give and it shall be given to you. He didn't say it may be given. It shall. And lawyers tell Lord that shall is stronger than we are. As I round up this message, the center point of my message this morning is give. You start by giving your life. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 5. The Macedonian church, Paul said they gave first of all themselves. And after, they also gave what they have. The reason why many of us find it difficult to give what we have is because we have not given ourselves completely. When you give yourself completely, anything God asks you to bring, you will drop it with joy. Give yourself to God. Trust in him and he will help you. I want you to bow down your hands as we pray. We must give ourselves to him 100%. Give ourselves to him. Give yourself to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. As we surrender ourselves to him, he will help us. He will help us in the name of Jesus. He will help us. He will support us in the mighty name of Jesus. God will help us. He will help us as we submit ourselves to him, as we surrender to him completely. He will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 8, 5. And this they did not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. If you are here this morning and you are saying, Lord Jesus, I want to give myself to you. So that you can show me the way to the city. I've toiled enough. I've labored enough. The Bible said the labor of the foolish will lead them. Because they don't know the way to the city. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I want to surrender myself to you. So that you can show me the way to the city. I want to surrender myself to you. Maybe you've never taken that decision before. It's the most important decision you can take in your life. Give yourself to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. The things you cannot handle by yourself, he will take it over from you. Anywhere you are, under the sound of my voice, on television, on Facebook, anywhere you are, under the sound of my voice, and you are saying, Lord Jesus, I want to surrender myself to you. Just put your right hand on your chest. I'd like to pray for you. If you are even in this awe, put your right hand on your chest and say, Lord Jesus, I'd like to surrender my life to you. Put your right hand on your chest and raise your left hand up because I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray now. Raise your left hand up. Put your right hand on your chest. I'm going to pray now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your word that you have sent to us. The Bible says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I ask, Lord, Concerning this, your children who have indicated their willingness to surrender their lives to you, I ask you receive them to yourself in the name of Jesus. Let the old pass away in their lives in the name of Jesus. Let all things become new in the mighty name of Jesus. What Lord they cannot do for themselves as they surrender their lives to you you will take it over from them in Jesus' name. You will forgive their sins in the name of Jesus. You cause their names to be written in the Lamb's book of life in the name of Jesus. 
At the end, your name will be glorified. Thank you because you have had our prayers. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Secondly, I want to pray for you. If you are here, you are saying, Lord, I want to make a fresh commitment for service. Fresh commitment for service. You have heard that the only way is to prioritize the things of God. And you will always have time for whatever you consider important. Don't tell me I don't have time. There is always time. And there are so many avenues through which you can take definite steps to actualize the swearing vision through the various strategies I lighted. I want to pray for you if you are there. You are saying, I want to make a fresh commitment for service. I have been serving before, but I slid it back. I want to return to my duty post. Anywhere you are, just raise your hand. You don't need to stand up. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. And God will give you a fresh oil. It will release fresh grace. Today is a day of double grace. Father, I thank you for these hands that are raised up. Including the ones that have joined us through the air. I ask Lord, let a new grace rest upon them in the name of Jesus. Double grace for service in the name of our Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for them. They will not be weary in the name of Jesus. He said we should not be weary. We should always abound in the work of the law. The grace to continually abound in, the, in your work and release upon their lives in the name of Jesus. The anointing to abide in your work and release upon them in the name of Jesus. I declare that in their lives, all things will pass away and all things will become new in Jesus' name. You will strengthen them for your work. You will strengthen them for service. They will serve you without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And your name will be glorified. Thank you because you have had our prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. For this final one, I want all of us to rise up on our feet. For this final one, I want to pray. I want to pray. You see, I've spoken a lot about giving. And I just want to pray for every one of us. This is more or less a directive that God sent. That in addition to the 10% that we used to give as tithe, God wants us to commit to additional 5%. We instructed all our churches, it's strictly for missions. We're not going to pass it through our normal administrative procedure. So each church, they're just going to send their own, the portion for national, which is 40%, and they keep 60% in their church and use it for the work of mission. We're not going to pass it to zone, to district. It's intentional because we want it to be used in that church for the work of mission. And the 40% that comes to national, I want to promise you that it will go for nothing but the work of mission. God, I pray for you. May you have a net-breaking catch this year. There will be way for you where there has appears to be no way. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to lift up your two hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, you instructed us precisely. You said we should encourage your people to give to support your work. Lord, I pray for your people, including the ones watching me on air, as they commit to this 5% missionary offering. Father Lord, you will not renege your commitment to them in the name of Jesus. This year, 
is our year of great abundance. No wonder we are starting it in this month of October. The very last quarter of the year. As your people obey this instruction. Lord, let the door of great abundance open to them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let there be way where there has been no way before. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let there be testimonies of great abundance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And help every church, including the national office, to use the one that comes to them swiftly and solely for the expansion of your kingdom here on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus. Solely for mission activities in the name of Jesus. Solely for planting of churches in the name of Jesus. So that you can bless your church as you have already said it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have heard our prayers. For in Jesus' name we have prayed.